After growing up on a ranch in a mountain town too small for a grocery store, Jessica Terrian broadened her horizons in college. She began learning Chinese and studied abroad at National Taiwan University. She ultimately graduated magnum cum laude from San Diego State in 2008. In 2011, her short story, The Soulless, won multiple awards in the Rachel Harry Writing Campaign Challenge and, along with another of her stories, Saved, became part of the Campaigner Challenge's 2011 anthology. Jessica's love of popular young adult series such as Harry Potter, Twilight, and The Hunger Games sparked her desire to write a series of her own, so she got to work on Oppression, a story of a girl who's discovered she's descended from Greek gods. The first book in the Children of the Gods series, it was published by Zova Books in February 2012. We'll talk to Jessica about finding her book on the same list as The Hunger Games, her great luck at a writer's conference, and the ideal actress to play her main character, as Jessica Terrian joins us on the Scripts and Scribes podcast right now. Welcome to the Scripts and Scribes podcast. I'm your host, Krista Bean, and today we're welcoming to the show writer Jessica Terrian. So glad you could be with us today, Jessica. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> now, your your first book, your first book ever, and it's also your first book in the um, young adult paranormal romance adventure Children of the God series is called Oppression. And it was the number five best-selling teen notebook. Um, it's right behind The Hunger Games, which is a little unfair because that's sort of one story divided into three into three parts, but, but, um, yeah, it's really an amazing feat for, you know, a, a debut novel made through a small publisher. Um, now I, know was, you... I was very surprised. Let me just say, I was not expecting that to see right, <laughs> right behind Hunger Games was a huge thing for me. Cause I love that series. So. <laughs> Even be on the same list as a, as a series like that. It's like, wow. <laughs> um, now, I know you've mentioned in, in other interviews that you you came up with the idea for your series after reading series like Twilight and Hunger Games and Harry Potter, and you wanted to um, write, you know, the next big young adult series that was going to be equally as satisfying. So where did you come up with your particular idea? I mean, why why Greek mythology? Is that something you've always had an interest in? Well, you know, um, in high school, you know, I remember learning about the, you know, we studied the Odyssey and all that stuff. and. I learned that certain places and certain certain things in Greek mythology are actually thought to be real and exist in um, today's world, you know, the city of Troy and things like that, you know, um, people say that they really exist. And so I thought, you know, wouldn't that be crazy if um, maybe the Greek gods really did exist? And not that they were, were actually gods, but back then in ancient Greece, if people had supernatural abilities, it would be very feasible that they would be misunderstood and mistook for gods. And so that to me seems like a very realistic, paranormal, you know, spin to a story. And I I just went with it because I thought, you know, it's not vampires. It's not really, I mean, it has been done in terms of, um, you know, the Percy Jackson series, but that's more mm-hmm. of, you know, a fantasy-based story where there's like monsters and things like that. And it's for a middle grade audience. Right. So I really want to aim for, you know, the Twilight lovers and things, you know, the the readers that wanted some kind of a paranormal story, but they wanted that aspect of realism, like, oh, it could be real. Maybe there are descendants walking around amongst us, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's kind of how it started. Yeah, that's really interesting because, yes, yeah, so it's so easy, I think, when, when you have something that's, um, you know, of a, a fantasy-type nature to just go all out and just make it, you know, Harry Potter or something where it's it's very implausible in real life, but to be able to sort of mesh that into real life and, and 
you know, have people question, well, you know, maybe what if, you know, I think that's a really, yeah, I think to go about that's it. what I really loved about Twilight and, and Harry Potter. I mean, Harry Potter does have that huge fantasy element, but it's such a secret world. You know what I mean? True. Yeah. So I, I did love that idea of, oh, what if it could be real, you know, so. Yeah, yeah, that's true. The whole the muggles don't know about the wizarding world and how that so this overlap. Yeah, that that was really yeah. great. Now, now when for the idea itself, was it sort of a you woke up in the middle of the night like in the you know like oh I've got this perfect idea for a story or is it more just sort of a gradual over time like you know it was oh definitely gradually over time. I wish that I had you know the dream and I woke <laughs> up and all the story was so clear to me. But no, it was more of you know. Um, I, I was really looking for that next YA book to just sweep me off my feet and carry me away, and I just couldn't find it. So I set out to create that because I knew mm-hmm. what I wanted to read as a, as a young adult, you know, novel lover. Um, mm-hmm. I just said, these are the aspects of books that I like, and I, I set out to create that. And it, for me, it was, you know, my writing style. I tried to outline it, but <laughs> it my my creative brain just doesn't work like that. You know, I just started, and it went its own way you know what I mean it just took off and it, it became what it was on its own mm-hmm. and that yeah that's always interesting I, I'm actually the exact same way I you know try to outline and just my mind just goes blank I'm like I don't know what I want to happen like you know I feel like the, the best ideas come when you're in the midst of of working and and something comes in your head and like why didn't I think of that before it seems so great and so obvious and yeah it's it's I totally yeah definitely <laughs> now um after Oppression came out, you did a lot of, you did a um, blog tour, um, you know, talk a little bit about, because I know agents and, and publishers nowadays, they really like authors that are, are internet savvy and that can do a lot of self-promotion. And it, it sounds like you really did that. Can you talk a little bit about your, your self-promotion for Oppression? Yeah. Um, it's, you know, it's such a different world in the you know, it's such a different world for authors these days because the internet plays such a huge part, you know, social media, Facebook, Twitter, blogging. I mean, there's a huge community of online writers out there um, that help support each other and and everything. And it's it's almost like if you're not doing that, then you're, you're not doing enough. So, um, I mean, I look at writers like Veronica Ross, you know, she has a huge publisher, but she's yet doing a lot of her own promotion on her blog. I mean, that's that's the main attraction for her uh, readers to go find her on her blog. So uh, I did a lot of research looking at authors like her and um, seeing what they were doing. And I just tried to mimic that um, mm-hmm. because for them it's been very successful. So for uh, the first thing I did was a, I planned a virtual launch party on my blog, um, which, you know, just it's all about prizes and giveaways and spreading the word and, Mm-hmm. mentioning it on, you know, Twitter, Facebook, all the social media outlets. And then um, in addition to that, I did a blog tour. And gosh, I mean, the response I got for, uh, you know, people signing up, I just posted a, a form on my blog and I, I got like 50 people signed up to host oh, me wow. on their blogs for interviews and guest posts and, you know, all sorts of fun. They came up with all these great ideas. So it was just so shocking and amazing to me the support I received before the book had even you know come out it was mm-hmm. you know the, the online community of writers and and readers bloggers all that they just they blew me away <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's really great and and you never know it's something you know with the internet's just such a you know obviously like an all-reaching thing and there's you know people that just might stumble upon it and be like oh you know they if they 
you know, obviously you're a new writer, it's a new book, and they haven't heard of you, and just stumbling on one of these blogs, like, oh, this sounds interesting, and suddenly you have a whole, you know, they read it and recommend it, and suddenly you've got a whole, you know, that much wider readership, just almost by accident, if somebody just kind of comes across it. I know, yeah, you know, Goodreads has been a a really um, great thing like that, you know, where readers look up books, and I mean, like, 4,000 people have added my book on Goodreads, and that, and it's only been out for, gosh, maybe two months or something. And oh, wow. Just, it's amazing, you know, what people can find on the Internet. Yeah, it's really great. Now, um, you have sort of a, a fairy tale story of how you got hooked up with your, your publisher. Um, go ahead and just talk about that. And, you know, you, you weren't uh, – you had been submitting to agents, but you weren't agented at the time. You went to the Southern California Writers' Conference – but you walked away, you know, with a with a verbal contract almost. Just uh, take us through that, because I'm sure people would love to have that happen to them. <laughs> yeah, it, I'm. I'm really. I I call it my lucky break because you know it doesn't really happen to a lot of people. But um, that's like my biggest advice to everyone who asks me. You know, what what, do you, what can you tell us fellow authors? You know, trying to get published and it's go to a writers' conference because I. Um, I showed up there after getting, you know, I sent out my my first ten queries and got rejected, and of course that's so crushing. Mm-hmm. Um, but once I got to that writers' conference, I was, you know, filled with hope, like maybe this is it. And <laughs> I signed up for some advanced reads, which um, is where fellow authors, agents, or publishers read your work in advance, and they give you feedback. Mm-hmm. And so I ended up meeting with author Michelle Scott. Um, Who's also who also writes under the pen name A.K. Alexander, which um, A.K. Alexander's book Daddy's Home has been, you know, the number eight bestseller for Wall Street Journal. She's had a huge success, mm-hmm. so it was really cool to sit down with her. And she actually um, really liked my work. So when I asked her, you know, what do you, why do you think I I got those ten rejections from agents? And she just said, you know, I don't know. Uh, it's great story and you have a real talent for storytelling so um she suggested that she uh give it to her publisher mm-hmm. and they happened to be at the conference so i was very lucky and um <laughs> they sought me out uh, at the conference and and they sat me down and talked i gave them my little spiel which i was very happy that i had practiced there at the conference <laughs> <laughs> and um i basically walked away with a handshake publishing deal um and they, you know, I sent them the Mary manuscript, and they signed me a few weeks later. So it was quite amazing. Um, I feel very lucky to have them. Yeah, that's really fantastic. And I'm sure you would recommend writing conferences to everybody off of that. It's like a really sounds like a really good way to to meet people. Definitely, writer conferences are the best. Even if you don't find a publisher, you'll find the best writer friends. I mean, I found some great critique partners there that have helped me write. You know. Or help me edit and get through these oppression and my second book. So mm-hmm. now, talk a little bit about now. I know obviously Zova is the only publisher you've been with. You haven't been with you know one of the the big six or anything. But talk a little bit about working with a small publisher and how you know. I, I assume that there's a lot more probably personal um, attention and more one on one than you would get with a, a, a being with like a giant a giant publisher. Definitely, and you know it's hard to. Um, compare because I I don't have that experience of being with a large publisher, so I feel kind of like I'm a, a little bit spoiled. <laughs> I can just email my my publisher um, and they'll respond the next day. You know, it's it's really more like working with 
with friends than, you know, an industry um, partner. But they are very professional, of course. But, yeah, they're they're so great. And um, they do give me that one-on-one attention. And they, you know, I was able to sit down with them and discuss what I wanted for the cover and um, discuss different aspects of the book. And, I mean, that is worth so much to me, you know what I mean, that they they were able to give it so much personal attention and have me be a huge part of that whole process, you know, getting mm-hmm. the book to where it is and the, what it looks like, you know what I mean, the cover and sending me, you know, proofs of what they were thinking and getting my feedback. I mean, yeah. I've heard the horror stories of, you know, people published by larger publishers that, you know, they don't have any say in their cover and, mm-hmm. in fact, they attribute the cover to the why the book wasn't successful, you know? Oh, so gosh, yeah. Those types of things I'm very grateful for. And, you know, also, um, I was I was very lucky enough to be able to sit down with them and, you know, spend a large amount of time discussing, you know, the content of the book, the, you know, the strengths, the weaknesses, and really mold it into something which I'm proud of. You know, when I first <laughs> submitted it to them, it was more like, you know, it was something new. It was my first book. I never intended it to be published. I just was writing for fun. My mom read it. She, you know, of course, was like, oh, it's great. <laughs> but <laughs> of course. I was so grateful that I was able to sit down with them and have them give me such honest yet professional feedback to the point where, you know, I could really make something of their, of their comments and, and suggestions, you know. Mm-hmm. So they're very yeah, constructive and they're, they're great to work with. Well, and, and you hear, you know, as as a writer, you hear, you know, you, you write a, a, a story and then you revise it 20 times and you get it into, you know, perfect condition. And then you send it out into the world and an agent or a publisher, whoever looks at it and says, this is a great first draft. Let's get to work. <laughs> and I know. So, yeah. yeah that's, um, I've learned that with my second book. I, I, I wasn't so, you know, crazy about being such a perfectionist. You know, I said, it is what it is. Send it off. I'm gonna have to change it anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> so and so. Speaking of that, so your your second book is it's in the works right now. It'll it's due out um, next year. And I guess the the original plan for the Children of God series was three books. Is that set in stone or is that flexible? You know what? Um, I I don't know yet because I don't. I would hate to say three books and then feel like it was not completed. You know, mm-hmm. um, then kind of have to take it back or I, I would hate to say that it's a continuing series and then and say, ah, I just can't really, I feel like it's done, you know? So I just kind of keeping that option open. Mm-hmm. Seeing yeah. where it goes, seeing what readers' reactions are, you know? Right. Now you're represented by Circle of Confusion for um, film and television rights. Is there any news on that front or, you know, any, any film plans or anything? In oh, the works? so tempting. So <laughs> tempting. Do not tempt me. <laughs> no, um, there is, I can always say there is quote-unquote interest uh, as of now because there's nothing technically official. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see. <laughs> have you, do you have anyone in mind? I could say more. <laughs> is there anyone you have in mind to play Elise if you had the choice? Oh, my gosh. That's like... That's one of my favorite questions to get asked because it's exciting, you know what I mean, to think of people playing my characters. Um, (laughs) But it's something I'm so bad at. Like, I imagine uh, maybe Emma Watson with darker hair, you know, because she wears a unique, fragile um, 
kind of a person, but she still has the ability to be strong. And she, you know, she kind of has that wise uh, look about her. You know, mm-hmm. she maybe could be older than she is. Right. So I think that she'd be a great Elise, but, you know, gosh, I could dream, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, talk a little bit about your your daily writing style. On a, on a regular, ordinary day, you wake up, and do you prefer writing at home, writing at Starbucks, early morning, late night? What what works best for you? Well, I have such I, – I don't really have a routine. You know, everyone asks me that, and I'm like, you know what? It's so weird. I don't like to write when I don't feel it. You know what I mean? When I, like, I don't like to force it. If I'm not getting ideas or it's not coming to me, I don't like mm-hmm. to sit down and make it happen. So yeah. I just um, tend – whenever I get an idea or, you know, it sort of starts to flow out. You know, I, I know that sounds kind of weird, but it starts to <laughs> – everything starts to happen and dialogue starts to come into my head. And um, <laughs> when that happens, I just – wherever I am, I just stop and get it out. Because I've learned that, you know – if I say, oh, i got to remember that, and then I go back later, I can't get it back. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times I'm in the car. <laughs> I know that sounds bad, but <laughs> my, um, my in-laws live off in Orange County, and so we drive from San Diego to Orange County quite a bit, and my husband drives. And so a lot of times I get my ideas when we're driving, and so a lot of my first book was written on my droid phone <laughs> <laughs> because I was like, ah, it's coming to me after right. So, um, yeah, that's kind of funny. And that's a modern writer right there. Somebody who can write a book on their phone. So, I know. <laughs> so um, after this series, do you have any ideas about future work or any other genres you wanna you're interested in that want to pursue something in that? You know, it's so I definitely love YA. I just I I have a passion for it. I think it's so great. The stories that are in YA are just so rich and and fun and they're all, all such page-turning stories, you know, and so I definitely want to stay in that um, that YA genre. But it's it's interesting how the genre kind of, um, it, like, transforms. You know, it has, like, these fads. So mm-hmm. paranormal romance, you know, is, it's still kind of the fad, but now there's dystopian and there's, now there's mermaids and time travel and things like that. So it's, mm. I don't know where I'll be, you know, in a few years after I finish the series, but I definitely know it will be YA. Right. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's really great. And it's a it's a genre that's really kind of come up in the past 10 years or so. I mean, I, uh, I remember I when know. I... know, yeah, I was very lucky, you know, it's, it's taken off like crazy, so... Yeah, when you said, like, um, I saw the uh, thing about J.K. Rowling when she was first trying to get Harry Potter published, and they're saying, you know, books like this don't sell. You know, it's like we can't sell a, a, a kid's book or a middle grade book like this. There's just no, you know, audience for it. Now it's the whole thing has really taken off. So now it's like the the genre to be a part of. You know, it's right, I'm exactly. grateful I'm a part of that genre because it, it the sales are great. You know, in terms of the readers get so passionate. You know, and they want to tell all their friends, and then the next thing you know, the whole junior high is reading it. So right, exactly. So we're just about done. Um, we have a thing called Rapid Fire where we um, ask, we'll I'll give you a series of questions that's a either or, I'll say like black or white, and you just pick which one. It helps the listeners get to know you a little okay. better. Okay. Uh, Taiwan or San Diego? Taiwan. Oh, wow. I was surprised <laughs> by that one. <laughs> uh, chocolate or vanilla? Chocolate. TV or movies? What was that? TV or movies? T 
TV. White bread or wheat bread? Wheat. Uh, the last one's a three-parter. Twilight, Hunger Games, or Harry Potter? Sorry, say it one more time. Twilight, Hunger Games, or Harry Potter? Uh, Harry Potter. <laughs> so well, thank It's you a classic. It'll never die. <laughs> yeah, yeah really, I know. Well, it's and it's scary to think that the the kids who first started reading it when it first came out are now adults, you know, and they're passing it on to their own kids. So it'll just be like the cycle. I know. I'm one of them. I'm like, you know, I got to grow up with it. I got to wait a year for each book and, and be the same age as Harry Potter. <laughs> oh, that's great. So, well, thank <laughs> yeah, you so much fun. for joining us today. It was really, it was great talking to you. You too. Thank you so much for having me. It was so much fun. And Jessica's book, Oppression, is available now. And the next book in the series uh, will be out next year in 2013. And you can visit Jessica on her website at jessicaterian.com. And if you have any questions on the craft or business of writing, send us an email to ask at scriptsandscribes.com. Or you can send us a tweet to at scriptscribes. And there's no and in the middle there, just at scriptscribes. Thanks for listening. 